young ladies every once in a while that are feeling their uh, call into ministry in some form or fashion, and we give them an opportunity to minister uh, to us. Now, they're going to come up here, and they are going to be uh, as nervous as nervous can be because they are in front of their peers and, and their uh, colleagues over here who knows them and then all us. But I, I told these young men, I said, listen, these precious adults out here, the only thing they want to see is you succeed and do great. And every one of us just love these young men. We have three young men today. Now, these three young men that are going to be coming to us here in just a moment are all three of them left this year to go away to uh, Urshant uh, Bible College. So they are at the uh, Urshant, Urshant Bible College, and they've all completed one semester and passed. Uh, they weren't kicked out of school, and they're letting them come back. So all of this is uh, really good signs. And so we've got three intelligent, uh, highly intelligent, scholared, well-versed and learned young men to come deliver us. Are you excited? You ready to hear them? So we're going to have Brother Daniel Robb kick this thing off tonight. Will you welcome evangelist Daniel Robb? Come on, let's stand our feet and welcome Brother Robb to this pulpit. Praise the Lord. Let me get my timer started before we get going. Don't want to go over my time. Uh, before I start, I just wanted to uh, give some thanks to Pastor Kyle for the opportunity to be able to come and minister. Uh, I don't take this lightly at all. As well as uh, Pastor Sean, I greatly appreciate it. My topic tonight is uh, that I was given to a couple weeks ago was endure. And through some prayer... And um, just trying to study more, uh, I got enduring through your weakness. If we could all stand uh, for the reading of the word. Mark chapter 13, verse 13 says, And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. Lord, I thank you for this day you've given us. I thank you, Lord, for this awesome opportunity to be able to come and minister to this awesome congregation. I pray that you anoint me, anoint my mouth, anoint my lips, and just use me tonight, O oh God, in Jesus' name. The word endure means to hold out, sustain without impairment or yielding. Through your weakness, keep enduring because God will always be with you. It doesn't matter your trials doesn't matter what you might be going through. God's always going to be there through every, everything. If you just keep enduring, God's going to use you. God's going to bring you out. One of the ways that we can endure in our weakness is by worship. In Acts chapter 16, we see Paul and Silas were thrown into prison for, for just trying to live, live for God, just trying to do God's will. Uh, but, I mean, they didn't, they didn't get down on themselves when they got thrown in because they, they they sat there and they endured because they knew that they served the true God and that he was going to bring them out. The Bible says that Paul and Cyrus prayed and sang praises unto God. And at midnight, there was a great earthquake and they were able to escape. 
But the reason they were able to escape is because they, they still began to praise God even in their trials. It doesn't matter, oh, I'm locked up in some chains, but I'm still going to praise God anyways. Because God, God can do anything. It doesn't matter where you're at. God's going to be there. Praise will help you endure to the end. Because through your praise, you're elevating God above the situation. The fact that Paul and Silas prayed that to God, even in prison, just shows that they trusted God no matter what his outcome was for them. Paul and Silas sat there and they said, okay, if, if God wants to leave us here, we're still going to praise you. But, but God, if you want to take us out of here, we're still going to praise you through it all. It doesn't matter where we're at. We're going to praise you no matter what. There's a, there's a newer song out that's called Wait on the Lord. Uh, it's become one of my favorite, favorite songs to listen to, especially while I'm praying or why I'm, when I'm going through something. And it literally says, there's not a mountain too tall. There's not a journey too long to embark. That Jesus, no matter where you're at, will see you through. And in time, he's going to make you new because he cares about you. It doesn't matter where you're at. God cares. And God will never leave you nor forsake you. The second point I want to make is that through your valley, through your trial, through your tribulations, whatever you may be going through, just remember to always lean on the church. The, God put the church in place for, for us to have people to come together and help us through situations. God put them there so that when we begin to fall, they could be there to help us pick us back up and keep us moving. Oftentimes, we'll, we'll get caught up in, in what we're going through, and we'll, we'll literally put ourselves in this little box, and we'll say, okay, well, I'm going through this, but... I'm all by myself doing this because there's nobody else that's going to be there to help me. So let me, let me just try to do everything on my own. And let me, try to, let me just try to get through this. I'll try to endure by myself. But we got to remember that God put the church there for a reason. God put the church there to help us. In the Bible, you have the story of the Good Samaritan um, who saw the hurting man sitting on the side of the road. And being the Good Samaritan, he's the one who came and helped him up and helped him move on and just helped him through his trials and tribulation. But then sometimes we have the people like the religious church in the Bible that, oh, there's a, there's a, a, a hurt man over here, so I'm going to walk on the other side of the road. Oh, oh, I don't, I don't want to be involved in that, so I'm going to go over here. And, and we just got to, we got to be mindful that no matter, no matter what, we, we have to help our brothers, we have to help our sisters through the trials that they're going through. In high school, um, I struggled with I struggled with anger very badly. Uh, I was suspended multiple times for losing my cool and stuff like that. Me and my brother used to fight all the time. He would, I would never win. But um, <laughs> one day I decided that I I had enough, and I decided that if God was going to use me, I had to get over certain things. And the reason I was able to get over certain things was because I relied on the church. I remember one day, I didn't even want to do it, but my mom dragged me to the church offices to, to go have a meeting with Brother Sapp, 
to counsel me and basically yell at me for what I was doing. And through that and some fasting and prayer, I was able to endure and get over this anger. Obviously, I'm not perfect. I'm still going to struggle with it at times. But I was able to finally get through most of it. Sometimes God will put you in situations that you have to endure in order to reach, in order for him to teach you and build you up. In Daniel chapter 6, Daniel got thrown into the den of lions. But if you notice, in that weakness, God was still there to protect him. And the lions did not eat of him. Also in Daniel chapter 3, the Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter. And that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would be thrown into the fire because they would not bow down to any other gods. But you see here that they did not burn. But when the king looked into the fire and saw four men, because Jesus was there to protect them. God's going to go with you wherever you go. It doesn't matter your weakness. It doesn't matter your stronghold. God's going to be there. Weaknesses can come in all different types of things, whether it be anger, just like me, depression, hurt, lust. There's so many, there's so many different things that, that weaknesses can uh, form itself as. But if we learn to go into these weaknesses in the name of the Lord, he will help us to endure until the end. The best way that we can overcome these weaknesses is through prayer, fasting, godly counsel. Just, there's all the, just rely on the church and they will help you through these things. Um, if we could all stand, I'm going to finish up really quick. My final example is Jesus, who's the greatest example there is. He, he, came, to, he came to the earth, died for our, all of our sins, and literally had to endure through all the pain, all the hurt, through death and burial, and one day he was resurrected. The Bible says that he that endures until the end shall be saved. So let's keep enduring so that one day we can be with him. Come on, let's give it up for Evangelist Daniel. Everybody say endurance. You find yourself in trouble, learn how to worship God. Learn how to lean on the church. Next, we're bringing to this pulpit Evangelist Joel Kyle. Will you welcome him, Jesus' name? Praise the Lord, church. Woo, yay. Okay. Um, thank you, of course, uh, Pastor Kyle and Pastor uh, Brother Dooley. Pastor, yeah. Um, thank you, sincerely. I also do not take this lightly. It may seem so, but I promise, it's just I'm nervous. Okay, also, it's very good to see Pastor Hopeful allowing three young ministers to preach, only being gone for one semester. It's very bold, but it's cool. All right, I'm going to lay some foundations real quick, going along with Daniel's definition of endure, or endurance, enduring, you know, okay. Uh, To remain firm under suffering or misfortune without yielding. So, a couple examples, real quick. Of course, it's just a foundation. I'm breathing, I'm trying breathing. Okay, let's get into it. I apologize. Let's pray first. That always helps. 
I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've got to pray. Here we go. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Dad. All right. Lord, please touch me right now. Lord, God, I ask, Lord, that your anointing just somehow comes right now, please. In Jesus' name, amen. Here we go. All right. Endure. <laughs> Let's preach. Oh, my time. I don't have my phone. Here we go. Enduring to remain firm under suffering or misfortune without yielding. So just like the, yes, please be seated. I apologize. Yeah, okay. All right, just like the disciples and Paul endured many persecutions and eventually death um, for the love, uh, for the truth that they loved. And same concept goes with um, athletes. Uh, they endure strenuous training and conditioning for the sport that they love. So pretty much what we can see here through disciples and athletes and people who endure things, no one is going to endure hardship or pain for something they themselves are not passionate or have love for. Um, well, my Bible's in the way. <laughs> okay. Um, and I can guarantee uh, this race that we're running is a tough race. That is the truth. It's in the Bible. Um, but obviously it's a, uh, a race worth running. The Bible is filled with promises while the world promises pretty much. I mean, they promise a lot, but it's always empty, of course. And um, so if, and if you can't tell that by now, Please reread your Bible. They're in there. It is a lot better than the world. Okay, so that's just foundation. Now to my actual message. I apologize for all that. Um, this is probably a different approach on the topic of endurance, um, as I'm not really talking specifically about endurance, but a tactic that God gives um, us as a people to endure together. Because we are in this together, being the body of Christ and all. That's a message my dad preached one time. Just go look at it or watch it. I don't know. Listen to it. Um, the scriptures I'm pulling from is from 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. Uh, therefore, I exhort, exhort, not exert. Therefore, I exhort, first of, um, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are, in, who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. <laughs> I put you may be seated. That's funny. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, so pretty much I'm here tonight to stress the urgency of praying for not just yourself to make it and endure it, but to pray for each other that our brothers and sisters would be strengthened daily in our own prayers. We'll, we'll hit more of that in just a second. Um, we, see, uh, we see the push for the church to pray for each other all throughout the Bible, and not just in the verses I read to you earlier, but I can't read all of them. I don't have enough time. Um, but I would like to direct you to two stories, one from the Old Testament, you know, get a little history, and then one from the New Testament, still history, but... Um, that we may be familiar with. The first story is uh, Esther from the book of Esther. <laughs> um, summarizing, <laughs> uh, summarizing the story, you have this man, Haman, trying to kill all the Jews. Uh, and then the king was like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. So he signs a decree to do so. So then we're left with Esther to save her people. And she goes to Mordecai, and what, um, Mordecai. And what she tells him, she tells him in Esther 4.16, go and gather all the Jews in Susa together, Hold, a, hold and fast and pray for me. Don't eat or drink anything for three days and nights. My servant, my servant woman and I will be doing the same. After that, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law, for if I must die for doing it, I will die. Of course, we know this, how the story ends. Um, a success for the Jews and the death of Haman and his family happens, and everything goes good for Esther. Um, but the point here is the prayers of her people, their willingness to sacrifice and pray with her. My next quick story is one we're familiar with. Um, it's when Peter was in prison in Acts 12. And in Acts 12, um, 5, it says, uh, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God, uh, to God um, from him by the church. The church knew how to pray 
for not just themselves when they're in suffering, but for their brothers and sisters as well. Just like Esther, um, just like Esther's people, the Jews, if you don't know, <laughs> uh, knew how to sacrifice and pray for their fellow brothers and sisters when called upon. Um, this is something, man, in my mind, I really had myself doing preaching this a lot different. No. We got to pray for each other, but that's just not happening. All right, this is something we need to grasp as a church if we're going to endure together. Uh, the act of interceding and giving of supplications and prayers for one another in the church. And this is how we are going to make it as a body. Um, something, the first thing this will probably fix, not probably, it will fix, is gossip. <gasps> um, if, you're pouring, if you're pouring your heart out in prayer for your sister or brother, praying love and strength in their lives, I doubt you'll feel the urge to speak bad for someone you're rooting for. And we all should be rooting for each other. And this especially concerns our leadership. Um, if you're talking behind their back um, and how you may like, not like how they're doing things or leading, and you yourself don't have your face in the ground interceding for them, then you're not right with God. And I can say that because that's a fact. Because you're really not. That's just not the way to go. That's some danger, dangerous areas. Okay. And we're not just here to pray for those we like. We all know the verse. Well, maybe not, but I do. Uh, Matthew 5, 44. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Okay, hopefully now I can really start preaching. Um, I'm going to tell you a quick personal uh, testimony and then say a few things and hopefully get out of here as quickly as possible. <laughs> um, so several years ago, um, though we are very blessed, uh, everyone struggles. Everyone has pains and depression. Um, and there was a couple weeks out of my life where I was really depressed, um, believe it or not. And, of course, I am very dramatic. I'm a very dramatic person. And I do always try to go to the extreme, so bear with me. Uh, so there was a time where I was at school, and school, I hated school, and then I started to hate myself. And though my family is very loving, very awesome, I did not like them at the time. Um, they weren't helping the situation. So I was in my room. I'm trying to get serious. I apologize. Um, I was in my room, and I was sitting on my bed. I was thinking to myself, wow, I really hate myself. This is impressive. Um, and I hate life. hate all of this hate the church, um, things like that. But for a second, for a second in my bed, the thought of suicide hit my mind. And I can't tell you the millisecond that thought hit my mind. My room was just filled with God's glory. I've never felt the presence like this since. It was just filled with God's glory. I felt love. I felt strength. I felt passion. I felt so much. And God made it clear to me what just happened. I heard it. I don't, I don't wanna, I'm not going to say I heard his voice, but I heard it as clear as day. He goes, these, this feeling, this power that's coming to your room, these are the prayers of your church activated. Because my church prayed for me. My church prays for my pastor, prays for our family. And these are the prayers I'm talking about. These are the prayers we should be praying for each other, not just our leadership. We need to... Pray for, not just, you know, when you hear someone, oh, I have a need, Jesus bless them, have the need. No, we need to start praying fervent prayers, meaningful prayers, sincere prayers, loving prayers for each other. We have to get serious about this. It's the only way we're going to do this together. We got to start praying prayers that I love my brother. I want the best for my brother. I want him to be encouraged. Every day we should wake up, we should be calling each other by name, not just my church. You know, your friends, your family, and of course your enemies too. We'll get to that in just a second. Um, prayers of just love and Lord, encourage him. Help him to endure. Give him strength. Lord, let my dreams of me and my ministry be placed on him. Let him go further than me. Prayers like this. And of course, Lord, that person who's offended me, that person who's hurt me, 
Lord, help my heart to forgive him. Help me to forgive him. And Lord, use him mightily. Use him more than you've used me. Bless him, Jesus. Prayers like these. These are prayers when you start getting a hold of if we're going to make it as a church. And that's about it. That's pretty much all I got. So, um, I'm sorry, I should probably end that more appropriately. Uh, if you want to read about that, some homework for you. Uh, Galatians 6. Hit that up. It's going to hit hard. So that's why I'm not going to say it now because it's more for Pasha to say. Just read that chapter. Um, but uh, to close out my message, um, being sincere, we have to start praying for each other. Real prayers. Loving one another. Genuinely loving one another. God's love, not just our love, not human love, because that never works out. It never does. Um, so, and uh, I want to let you know that I believe this because I pray for you guys every day. I want you to know that I call, I, I think I call every single one of my youth members out by name. I hope so. <laughs> Not you, Aaron. Don't raise your hand. I don't pray for you. Uh, <laughs> I'm God's still working on that. So, yes, uh, please. It's the, how we're going to do it as a church, how we're going to work together as a body, is if we're praying for each other. And a lot of things will come good from that. I can guarantee it. I'm stalling. I apologize. Love you, son. Praise the Lord. Let's give God praise and honor and glory. Father, help us to love one another, pray for one another. It's how we're going to endure. Let's stand to our feet, if you will. We're going to bring the last young man to this pulpit. Cameron sat, and he is blessed of the Lord and used of the Lord. Will you welcome him to this pulpit? God bless you, man. Love you. Praise the Lord, everyone. Of course, first I want to give thanks and honor to my pastor, my dad, and my youth pastor, all the people who have allowed us to come and minister tonight. Uh, tonight I have an interesting topic. It was laid on my heart. It is revolving around, of course, enduring. And it's going to be titled is Enduring with the Gospel. And if you have your Bibles, we would all turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. Verses 24 and 25. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 24 and 25. And it says like this, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is as a flower. Grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word of the Lord by which the gospel is preached unto you. And my next verse, you don't have to turn there, but is Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, first, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. If we can lift our hands and let's just pray and worship God. Lord Jesus, thank you, mighty God, for what you are going to do in this place. We worship you, Lord God. I pray, Lord, your anointing would come upon us. Anoint our minds and our ears, our lips to speak and our ears to hear. We want to be molded by the word of God today. Jesus, let us be changed. God, let us leave here a new creature as we ought to be. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. <laughs> the gospel has been along, has been around longer than we actually. I don't think anyone has held their thing and walked around. I like to walk whenever I, whenever I speak, pray, whatever. I'm a walker. So it says the gospel has been around longer than we have been around. It is something that 
It's not a new idea. It's not something that was just put into action. It is not just established. The, the, the gospel has been around before the world was around. And um, it's part of our IPT verses at Urshan. But in 1 Peter 1.20, it says, Jesus was foreordained before the foundation of the world. And he's manifest in these last times for us. So Jesus, the plan of salvation for every believer, has been put in place before anything ever was. So it's not something new. It's not something that's, that's meant to be surprising. But we as a church, we sometimes tend to neglect what the gospel has been created for. The gospel was never created to be silent. The gospel was never created to be shut up and put in a corner. The gospel was always meant to be preached. The nature of the gospel is an expanding gospel. And it's one that's going to reach and spread like a fire if we will allow it to. The gospel is not something that we should contain in our own selves Sometimes we fear and we have, we have this, this, inner, this inner fear and it kills us because once we know the gospel, once we have knowledge of it, it holds us to a level of accountability where we have to, we have to. It held, all knowledge that we receive, it, it, it raises us to a higher level of accountability and it seeks to move and it seeks to go out. Think of all of your friends. Think of all your coworkers. Think of all your classmates. The people who you know, they don't know God. And there's a gospel inside of us. And if we will let this gospel out and we'll begin to preach this gospel, then maybe, just maybe, they can come to the Lord. There are 44 verses that I found in the New Testament where the gospel is being preached or commanded to preach. I'm just going to run through a few. Luke 4 and 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because you have anointed me to preach the gospel. Romans 10 and 15, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. Romans 15 and 20, I have strived to preach the gospel where Christ has not been named. In 1 Corinthians 9, 16, I have nothing to glory of for necessity is laid on me. Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Through infirmity of my flesh, I preach the gospel unto you. This gospel cannot be hidden. If it is hidden, it is hidden to all those that are lost. We must preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Yes. And sometimes I hear this, this inner fear that I have in me. And everyone knows that society is usually against us. The culture around us is against the gospel. It is against the message of Jesus Christ. But when has it ever been for Jesus Christ? When has it ever been for us at all? It will always be against us because we are contrary. We are meant to be separate. Matthew 24, verses 8 through 14, reads like this. And these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up. And kill you, and you'll be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, and will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets shall rise up and deceive many. And because the lawlessness will abound, the love of many will will grow cold. But he who endures unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to the nations. And then the end will come. We're not done yet. The end has not come. The kingdom of God is in the earth because we are in the earth. 
And these people, they need to hear something. They need to have something to hold on to. We don't even know if they're going to receive it because we don't, we, we never ever try. I know there's people among us and we teach Bible studies and that's amazing, but there's the vast majority of us who sit idle and we are trapped by our own content and we're satisfied with where we are and we don't reach out. How do we know they won't receive it if we have not taught them, if we have not poured ourselves into them? The end has not come yet. I believe I'm allowed to do this if Pastor can. Water break. <laughs> this is the Wednesday night crowd, and this is commonly known as the crowd who is the, ha, has the gumption in the church, who, who, who has their stuff together. So we all know that Jesus is God. He came to the earth to reconcile the world to himself. He laid down his life for us, and he rose in power and authority. And now because he rose, we know our gospel is not in vain. It's not lifeless. It's not dead. And we can be with Jesus forever. And that is a message that I find myself casually telling people. Sometimes, I mean, I, I'm not really a preacher, but, of course, spitting and shouting and yelling and all that foolishness. Because the Bible says that people are going to be saved by the foolishness of preaching. The foolishness of preaching. You know? So it's not required for us to yell and shout and spit and scream and dance in people's faces shouting. That's not required. I don't believe Jesus was all about the... But he was about a person who would explain he was a person who would give parables and stories, and the kingdom of God is like unto this and this, and he would name all these things. He was an amazing communicator, and sometimes we can find ourselves sharing the gospels when we didn't even intend to share the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ is, it's simple, it, it, it actually <laughs> might be a bit complex, but it's simple to explain if you'll just take the time to study. I guarantee if you'll take 30 minutes and just study out the gospel, what that means then we'll have something that we can give people. If we can do that, then we have something that we can give people. We can't go around carrying ourselves like we don't have anything when we have so much inside of us. Sometimes I'd find myself ministering to someone without even knowing that I'm ministering. It can be over lunch. It can be over coffee. It can be doing whatever you do. But the moment you have, you have a distinct chance in time when someone comes to you, let's say they're struggling, they're, they're, they're battling with things, and you don't really know what to say to them, the gospel. People who are, I mean, I remember my friend, he came up to me, man, my parents, they, they hate me, they kick me out of the house, and that's where I was able to, the gospel. And I believe if we'll get a hold of this next little principle, then we can be the most effective ministers on the planet as a church, as a conglomerate, that we can do all that God has called us to do. The secret to God's ministry when he was in the earth is love. If we will get a hold of love for people, if we'll get a hold of a passion, if something stirs in our hearts and we begin to pray for people and we love them, and whenever we have a heart for people, whenever we see someone who's broken, who is lost, who doesn't know God, and something comes within us, and we just feel this unction to pray and to seek and to reach. If we'll become a loving people, a praying people, and a reaching people, then we can endure with the gospel. The gospel is always meant to reach. It is a reaching gospel. Let us never forget. In the name of Jesus.
Let's stand to our feet and give praise to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, thank you for this word we heard tonight. Thank you for the power of endurance, oh God. Thank you for the support of the church, Lord. Teach us how to worship in the middle of our trial. Oh God, put it in our heart that nothing outlasts the gospel. Nothing is more enduring than the gospel. Help us to bury ourselves in the word of God. Bury ourselves in the gospel so that we might endure in a world that is contrary to your ways. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Cameron. God bless you. Thank you for that word here tonight. We were blessed. I remember, you can remain standing. I, I remember I found the tape of the very first message that I ever preached. And I was a whole lot more Cajun then. That was 30-something years ago. I found that on cassette. And I, did, I don't even know how I ever got a copy of it. But, and I remember I played it in the living room. And I thought I sounded pretty good. But my wife and all my children were literally in the floor laughing at what they were hearing. And the Lord takes us and grows us. I didn't have near the finesse or ability or talent or word or all those good things that these young men brought to this pulpit tonight. We are blessed with fine young men and women that love this gospel. Man, and we want you guys to know we're with you, we're behind you, and we're going to love you through all your mistakes, and we're going to shout with you through all your victories. And we're going to see God use you in a powerful and a mighty, mighty, mighty way. So before we're dismissed tonight, I want those three young men to come back out here, if they will. And I want the church just to kind of stretch your hands forward. Minister, if you'll gather around these young men. They're going to be heading back to college. I guess it's a month or two before it starts back up. And uh, we just want the anointing to get a hold of their hearts, their minds, and their spirits. And this gospel to get inside of them and to use them. Will you, will you begin to pray for them right now? Church, will you do that? Father, we lay hands upon these young men tonight. We thank you, God, for their dedication, their consecration unto you, Lord. We ask that your anointing would come upon them. God, it's the anointing that makes the difference. It's the power and the spirit of the Lord that comes upon them. Pray that you... Lord, endue them with your glory, with your power, your anointing, your wisdom, your word. Let that gospel bury deep into their hearts. Let the sincerity of this truth be upon them. We pray, God, turn these young men into mighty preaching powerhouses of this word. Use them, God, in these last days to spread this gospel to a world that is lost and dying, hungry thirsty oh father lord let signs and wonders flow through them lord your power and your glory be upon them help them to humble themselves before you give their mind and their heart and their soul unto you lord we pray it and ask it in the mighty name of the lord jesus christ
Let's give him thanks tonight. Let's praise him. Amen. So we learn tonight that if we are going to endure, we must learn how to worship in the middle of our trial. We learn tonight that if we're going to make it, we must pray fervently for one another. If we are going to endure, we must pray fervently for one another. And we learn that the most enduring power tonight is the gospel. It will penetrate every hardened heart. It will break down every wall. It will tear down every barrier. If you'll go out of this place with the gospel, you will endure. And you will be able to overcome any individual that may come in your path. If they are hungry, if they are thirsty, this gospel will get into their life. Can you say amen? God bless you. I love you. It's 10 after 9. That's about when I quit when I'm teaching and preaching. Be kind to one another. Be good to one another. Speak well of one another. Greet one another. Bless one another and pray for one another. You are dismissed in Jesus' name. Greet our guests. Tell Sister Williams happy birthday. Tell Terry and Wendy again, it's good to see you. God bless you. Bring the rest of the crew back with you. Love y'all.